Hello and welcome to the Choosing Happy podcast. I'm Heather Masters and today I have the pleasure of talking with Nick White, the founder of the Happy Human Project. Nick's coach, who's qualified in a number of techniques and modalities, and he combines these to facilitate remarkable results with his clients, especially around resilience. Hello, Nick, and welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for being here. Could you tell us more about who you are, who you help, and how you help them, just to start off? Sure, yes. My name is Nick White. Uh, I am a resilience coach. And what that means in a nutshell is I help people cope with change, challenge, self-doubt, and stress. Uh, and I generally work with, uh, I like to say, pessimistic, people-pleasing, perfectionists, all the Ps. <laughs> to help people <laughs> to help them kind of flip the script uh live the life that they they want to be living have more fun more meaning get out of their own way uh and just help it i like helping people do hard things that's that's a, a lovely phrase because i yeah. think most pessimists thinks everything's hard <laughs> exactly I, mean, I i call myself a recovering pessimist myself <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us more about what resilience means to you? Yeah, so resilience resilience is a funny one because uh, a lot of people can tend to think of it as one thing, and that's the the bouncing back, the bouncing back from big setbacks, which of course it is. Uh, it's in the etymology of the word, but uh, a more modern definition of it, we can think of it as advancing despite adversity. So always advancing towards a goal a goal that's meaningful to you and the despite is despite all the things that might come up the challenges in your life you're always moving towards that and adversity means it, it yes it can mean the big things but also those those small annoyances that happen in daily life at work at home in your relationships like not being able to get your usual coffee on the way to work and not having a meltdown like it's that stuff it's like that everyday stuff that will prepare you for inevitably, well, I'm not going to say inevitably the big things, but inevitably things are going to happen to you in your life that are going to challenge you. And it's about being proactive about it rather than reactive. That's how I see it. And is it a bit, this is just my, from, from what I've thought about resilience, I'm not sure whether it's true or not. Is it a bit about getting to a point where what? there's a consistency for you? Um, so that's... <laughs> Dog wants to get involved there. Yeah, my dog does want to get involved. <laughs> um, so where there's a, a consistency, and, and, and what I mean by that is that you have a level that you operate from that it's difficult to knock you off balance. Is, is exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, yeah, it's getting yourself to a point where you feel like you can cope with anything. I mean, this is what I say about the, being able to cope with challenges, self-doubt, stress, those things that, yes, they're going to happen. You're not living in this kind of like fairy tale land that they're not, but you're ready for, for when they do happen and you believe in yourself that you can, you can deal with it effectively. Yeah. And, and then that's, I suppose what, what I'm thinking of is in that belief, it gets to, does it get to a point of, in my experience, it's got to a point where things that used to really bother me, I don't even think about anymore um 
because because that coping mechanism becomes a habit, becomes embedded. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? Question. <laughs> is that a question? So, yeah, it was. Is is that part of resilience as well? Was basically the question. Is is it is it about getting to the point where, um, something rather than just still dealing with it? Because I think there's that that perception that resilience is, as you say, bouncing back. Um, but you get to a point where you actually don't have to bounce back because what used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Like that goes hand in hand with, I talk a lot about expanding your comfort zone. I love talking about it because it's, it is, it's like the more you expand the comfort zone, the more that those things that used to bother you don't bother you anymore because you've got used to them and you, yeah, that, that they kind of just brush over you now because you've made an effort to consistently challenge yourself, consistently push yourself a little bit to just test those limits, see what you're capable of. Do that's, that's where the hard things comes in, like doing these hard things, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, um, just so you, you do expand yourself and you do grow. Otherwise you kind of just, you stay in, instead of calling it a comfort zone, I feel like we call it a, a misery zone because you think yeah. it's comfortable, actually not, it's, it's keeping you it's keeping you stale. You're not, you're not progressing in any way. And it's actually, I think it's doing you a disservice to not challenge yourself. Yeah. I, I used to have this matrix that I used where you had comfortable, comfortably, comfortably, comfortable, comfortable, comfortably, uncomfortable, and then uncomfortable. And often people don't move till they're in the really uncomfortable. So yeah. yeah. Comfortably comfortable. I love it. Yeah, and then comfortably uncomfortable, which I think a lot of us that's that's the zone that well, yeah. I've operated in in the past. Yeah. And it's it's how you decide to move from there, as you say, to stretch yourself. Mm. When I think about resilience as as well, how do you be okay? I'm I'm thinking about trauma and resilience. Um. Do you, do you work with people who have trauma and want to become more resilient? Is that a uh, bigger challenge? I'd say, I mean, yeah, I mean, trauma, I mean, trauma is one of these kind of, I feel, I feel become a bit of a buzzword as well that kind of people jump on that say that like they, they've been through these traumatic things and they're dealing with trauma and yet, yes, people have, but a lot of the time when people use that, that. I don't believe that it's actually tra trauma. It's challenges that they've been through. Um, but in terms of, I mean, this is where I'd kind of see the a, a bit of a separation between therapy and coaching. That mm. I would say of the time people dealing with with that significant trauma would generally do better seeing a therapist. Um, yeah, like I'm gonna say either one is better than the other. It's just I feel like. Um, Coaching is a lot is a lot more action based, future focused. Whereas with trauma, um, you you need to spend that time, kind of going through it, talking through it, working out what what has brought you to that, how you can deal with it. Um, yeah. In in the work I do with people, I wouldn't necessarily there's there's too much in the, I wouldn't call it trauma. Some 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 clients might call it trauma. Yeah, I, I see trauma as, as those really big things that I'm yeah, not yeah, necessarily but, have coming to me for. Yeah, that's what I was kind of meaning because um, 
it's just a few books that I've read on resilience. A lot of a lot of the examples they use are people who have had significant trauma and come out of it quite resilient. And I was just curious to how that yeah that fit and a lot yeah a lot of the time that and that's kind of what I I I get at with the because that is where the 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 feeling that it's it, it means bouncing back from big setbacks comes from because it is mm. usually tied to those kind of stories uh, because they are those like amazing stories of resilience where people have like lost limbs and they've like gone on to do these amazing things and that like that's that's amazing I'm not taking anything away from that at all I, I like to also kind of focus on those other things that maybe the everyday person because this is actually something that I struggled with myself with it took me a while to actually land on calling myself a resilience coach because it was it was floating around for a while I felt like oh I couldn't own it because I haven't been through those sort of things or how can I call myself that when I haven't been through anything like that where I've like lost limbs and anything down those lines but then I kind of realized that well it doesn't it doesn't have to mean that like but the majority of people have been through those things but they still mm. are dealing challenges all through their all through their lives um it's just a different kind of challenge yeah yeah oh, that's that's useful one of the techniques you use is, is it the the cold technique what do you call that cold immersion therapy cold immersion therapy come to share a yeah. bit about that and how does that um, how does that work how does that build resilience i would love to uh yes this I mean, the ice bath, ice bath training, that's, that's an easy way to think about it. So, uh, yeah, this, I mean, this is totally the doing hard things. This is why I love this so much because it's challenging yourself to do this thing. I mean, this is where it came from for me, right? That I always have the, for the majority of my life, hated cold water, um, being English, British, <laughs> not really water with like the beach, unless you live by the beach. Not really brought up with that, like as a thing. So I was never really that bothered about going. And the sea is really cold in England. So oh, yeah. In <laughs> I'm in Northumberland. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's really cold there. Uh, yeah. So when I moved to Australia, it was still the same thing. I wasn't really that interested in doing it. Um, and so, so an ice bath to me was like completely out of the question. Absolutely no way. I'm never going to do that. Um, and then for so just some weird turn of events that I was at some, some event and they happened to have one and I was like, okay, that, I, it took a lot of convincing, but I got in it. And afterwards it was this, this feeling of the, like this pure elation that I had done this thing that I thought was impossible. I thought I could never, ever do that. And I did it and I survived and it was fine. And then it was like. Okay, so now what else can I do? I've I've done this thing that I thought was never going to happen. It's that that's what I like. Every time I put an mm. event on, I I always ask if if there's any first timers because it's it's my favorite thing to see them to do, to right. to get and then they're so happy at the end because it is this it's it's hard. It's not I it has it never gets any easier that beginning bit of being in there like your body is telling you to how doing everything it can to like get out of this this is this is not fun um but it's 
staying in there and realizing, oh, you can do it. It does get a bit better. Uh, I can do these hard things. What else can I do? It's that I like, I, there's loads of physical benefits. I don't generally talk about the physical benefits as much because my, I really like focusing on the mental side of it. It is building that resilience, doing hard things, seeing what you're capable of, because that just trickles out into all of the rest of your life that you've done this thing. What else can you do? And, and do you encourage your clients to do this on a regular basis, like to take it up as a cold shower practice? Or I'm just thinking about the Wim Hof stuff yeah. and, as you say, the, the physical and, and the, the, the emotional and mental benefits longer term as well because of the amount of oxygen that gets to the brain and all that good stuff. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely, that's, that's the way to get into it for sure. Start the cold showers. Um, don't feel like you have to just suddenly get into full cold showers. It's like just the end of your shower, just turn it down to cold, then increase that a little bit each time until you get to a point. I mean, hot showers are my happy place. I talk about, about doing what makes you happy. Warm yeah. sh hot showers are that for me. So they're never going to, I'm never going to get rid of them. I'm never going to replace them with cold showers. Uh, but I, yeah, I make a point of either doing cold showers on their own. Like my, my routine would be going to the, I go to the gym early in the morning. So I do a, a cold shower before I go to the gym. Then after the gym, I would then have my warm shower <laughs> because, right. because there are studies that show that if you have cold showers after exercise then it actually has the the opposite effect that you'd want for muscle growth it's great for recovery but if you try to get big and swole and bulky whatever you're trying to do they're not so good after a workout so i don't do them then but right. yeah i would highly recommend anybody anybody give it a go for sure so so what other techniques do you use to to get people out of their comfort zone what other techniques that's a good one yeah. uh well, actually, one of the one of the best things that I suggest for people is is called uh, a bold request or a bold move, and it's it, it's often what I kind of give to people right at the start of working with me. Uh, it's just to get yourself used to pushing those limits a little bit, and so to there's two ways of doing this. The first is called a bold request of a stranger, so to Put yourself out there into a situation that wouldn't usually be the norm for you. Because this can be different for everyone, right? Like somebody that is yep. really comfortable talking to new people isn't going to have any problem with like, asking someone what the time is. But somebody else, that would be terrifying for them to, yeah. or to ask me for directions or to ask somebody for something in the shop rather than just spending ages looking for it themselves or saying, saying hello, like my, making a conversation with the cashier or smiling at someone when you walk past them. It's those little things. It's just building up that tolerance bit by yeah. bit. Yeah. I think it's yeah. such a great way of, of expanding that comfort zone. So tell us about the Happy Human Project and happiness and your interpretation of happiness and how we choose to be happy in our lives. Mm. A lot of questions. Uh, I, I like the like the choice of words there as well. Uh, yeah, the, the Happy Human Project is a movement to help people live, uh, well, build their resilience and live happier, more fulfilling lives. And we do that with 
coaching programs and we go into workplaces and give workshops. We run community events like Ice Bath events. Also, we've actually got an event coming up, an improv comedy event, which is, it's, it's events that are fun. There's a big yeah. focus on also that push you a little bit. Like improv is another one of those things that people get terrified about. Uh, yeah, I can not, feel the fear on that one already. <laughs> not so much. We did one before, the second one we're going to do, and it went down really well. It's not so much about like getting up on a stage and being funny and telling a joke. It's just preparing, giving you the skills to prepare you for everyday life where, you're, where, where you are put on the spot and you yeah. do have to respond quickly. It's, it's great. So that it kind of encompasses all of those things. Um, and I mean, yeah, my view on happiness, the reason why I said I like your choice of language there is it is a choice. Happiness is a choice because yeah, I believe that whatever you are not, whatever you are not changing, you're choosing. And it can be a bit tough for some people to hear that or take that on because like, what, what do you mean? So I've chosen this life. Well, effectively it, it, like if you're not doing anything about it then you are choosing that you're either choosing to be happy or you're choosing to be unhappy and yes there would be some aspects where right now that just might feel impossible but there there is always a way for you to do something that is going to move you towards happiness and i talk about this a lot about focusing on focusing on what makes you happy and that doesn't necessarily mean what makes you feel good because that's a big that's a big myth about happiness that it means feeling good it doesn't it means what brings you meaning that's what i believe it means anyway it's yeah. a good example of this is like anybody that's a parent um does being a parent always bring them good feelings well no i can't imagine it does but it, it they love being a parent right it's meaningful to them it gives them painful emotions um so it's it's, it's another exercise that I like to give in some workshops is to create a happy list. And it, feel, it seems like a basic concept, but it kind of comes down to how often do we really sit down and actually think about that and take the time to think about what makes us happy and are we doing it enough? Because a lot of the time when we feel off or we feel down or something just doesn't feel right, it's because we're not doing those things. And if you have that and you can, it's, it's constantly evolving document that you can keep adding to you can just consult this list and be like okay let's do one of these things i know that this kind of is going to make me feel a bit better and it's probably this is why i'm not feeling better because i haven't been doing these things yeah that's yeah that's just a little bit of my 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 views on happiness yeah no no that's that's powerful i completely agree with with the meaning it it took me a while to work that out for myself that actually happiness as you say it, it isn't just the emotion it's about what's meaningful to you what's in, what's not even just what's important but what gives your life meaning what gets you out of bed in the morning because you feel you're contributing and there's meaning there yeah exactly so with the happy human project do you do anything online or are there any because you're you're based in australia is that right yeah it's all online well as i say it's all online the coaching is all online yeah so every, uh, all of my coaching is on zoom uh my workplace stuff is 
of both. It's, it's online and it's in person. Uh, the events I can't do online, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you could, could challenge someone to go have a I cold bath. <laughs> And where can people find you? So they can find, so have a website, happyhumanproject.au. Uh, you can find the Happy Human Project on Instagram, which is happy underscore human underscore project. They're the main places. You can find me on LinkedIn as well if you want. That's Nick White Coach. Uh, but yeah, that's the, the website and, and Insta is where you're going to find most of the good stuff if you are interested in finding out a bit more about this. Okay. And I, I noticed you had a long list of certifications and, and qualifications. Um, you had, I think it was NLP. Um, go through a few of them and let people know your, your qualifications just to. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the official qualifications are the, the resilience coaching. Uh, I'm also an acceptance and commitment therapy practitioner, which if anybody doesn't know what that is, which I imagine quite a lot of people haven't heard of it. it at its core, it's, it's about accepting what is out of your personal control and committing to action that is going to improve your life. Like all, I'm, I'm a big believer and all, all change comes from taking action. So yeah. the more that you can do and change things, the more that things are going to kind of start moving for you. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm a certified cold immersion instructor. Uh, and then a lot of the, a lot of the modalities kind of come under other, um, other qualifications. I'm not, I'm not a qualified, uh, all, all the big words that they call that they call the, the certified NLP practitioners, the, the master coaches and everything. <laughs> I haven't got one of those official, official titles, but I've studied things that include NLP for sure. Yeah. 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 I have my, 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 my qualifications for my, I mean, most of my my the bulk of my career i started in corporate so like my um, in user experience design uh and the, the i wanted to move away from users to people because i felt like i was would have a bit more of an impact that way so just seeing people as users before i felt a bit kind of disconnect disconnect disconnected uh what well, i definitely felt like i wanted to be more directly impacting people um on a more personal level so how did you go about making that move? Well, so I, I hired a coach. Like that's my story that I was, um, for mo well, yeah, for the majority of my career, I felt like that there was something missing, that something wasn't quite right. Um, and I moved to, I moved to Australia because I thought that would all magically sort everything out. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that famous quote, you take yourself with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and I, so I did what I needed to do to stay in the country. Like you have to kind of go through this process of the, the permanent, the visa and the permanent residency and all that jazz. And then once that was done, I was like, right, let's sort this out once and for all. Uh, I hired a coach to help me. And as we were, I spent a fair bit of time with her and then I realized, oh, it's this, this is what I want to do. I want to do what you're doing. This is awesome. And that's, that's yeah. what led. And then it's just an evolution from there of like figuring out what exactly you want to focus on uh but yeah that's 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 how it happens brilliant brilliant so how long have you been um coaching how long's the human happy human project been going 
the Happy Human Pro has been going for over over two years now. Yeah, two good years. And how did you focus in on that specifically? On oh, which part? The the Happy Human Project. How did you um, come about creating that? Where did the idea? Well, because a lot. Nine times out of 10, when I was talking to people about what the ultimate vision was for their life, they say that they just want to be happy. Uh, it's just, it's just that, so it was, it was kind of like a given of, okay, this is the thing of, and the, the tricky thing with, with focusing on happiness is that it's this very broad, vague concept and it means different things to everyone. Uh, and. Because I mean, and that's kind of what people talk when they say they want to be happy. When anybody says that to me, it's always a few more questions are, are required to be to drill down to exactly what that means for that person. But effectively, that's what we want, right? We want to be happy, whatever that means to us. Uh, it just felt like a fitting thing to to hone in on and really explore what that means. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Have you got any? Uh, have you written any books or? Any publications? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> One day, <laughs> and are there three things if you were going to to suggest or um, what are what are the three things that you you might suggest to someone in terms of improving their their happiness? Oh, big question. Three things. Three things, well, yeah, that to, to, to take action to, that is definitely the number one, that if, if you're, if you feel like you're not happy at the moment, what can you change in your life? Because if you don't change anything, it's that I love the saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like that, that is, would be my number one hands down. What would be the other two? The other two is, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with that. It's that it's pushing your comfort zone. It, that's still, that's action too, but it's, it's always looking for ways to challenge yourself because that is where you're going to grow. Like I'm a big believer in growth mindset. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I, I just feel like that's where. That's you, you, you have no idea of, about what you're capable of yet. Yeah. Uh, there's so much in you, there's so much potential, but you're never going to know if you don't explore it, if you just stay with what you're doing. Um, and then the third thing, what would the third thing be? Third thing, but okay. Yeah, this is, this would be a good third thing to have more fun. I am so like fun is my big thing. It's my highest value. Um, I just think that life is life is life can get very serious and i talk about I, I i talk a lot about focusing on death i've got and it seems like i would talk about that it's not it's, it's not this morbid thing like i've got my my phone background is actually it says you're gonna die you're going to die that's what i have on my phone background because it's that that reminder that you are gonna die one day and you're gonna be looking back on your life and you're going to be thinking about all those times that you were really serious, all these like really serious things that you were just not having fun and you were not, um, not doing stuff that you enjoyed and wanted to do. I mean, doing stuff that we enjoy is one of our basic human needs. And when yeah. we're, when we're not doing it, like 
we just feel rubbish. So I'm a big believer in, obviously there's some points in life where you have to be serious. Like I say this with my clients, like I'm going to be serious when I need to be serious, but mm. I don't feel like it has to be this big, serious thing. Like I, this, like the, <laughs> this might be a bit off topic, but this whole thing, like, I feel like, why do you have to wear a suit to be taken seriously? I don't know if that really has anything to do with it, but I just, I like, I will always wear my t-shirts. If people want to take me serious, don't want to take me seriously, that's on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Light it up. That's what I say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually on that, on that topic, I've, I've done some work with Sue Knight and she is into provocative coaching, which is around, you know, challenging and it's also very much around the use of humor in coaching. Yeah. And the research behind that shows that it's a massive um, accelerant of change to laugh while you're going through, um, when you're contemplating your problem, because the two can't exist in the same space. So, so you that. know, yeah, so that you can get breakthroughs quite effortlessly with humor and laughter because... Um, Neurologically, it just challenges the whole setup of the problem. So, sold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like it, it, it's it's such a good bonding agent, anyway, right? Like we're, we're much more relationships are such a big part of happiness. I mean, this is this is a big core part of my events. Yes, it's about the ice baths and doing these like hard things. But it's also about connection. It's about meeting some new people, pushing yourself to do that. Because yeah. it's hard to meet new people and make friends as an adult. If if you're like loneliness is a thing, it's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and relationships are, we're social animals. Um, we're, we're meant to be around each other. So that humor and that fun is, is it goes hand in hand with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else you would like to leave us with? Uh, anything else I would like to leave you with? Put me on the spot. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I think we've finished. <laughs> well, thank you. And um, I am sure we'll have you back again because it's been very informative. Nick, thank you so much for, for being here. Thanks, Heather.